Welcome very much to our service this morning. It's lovely to see so many people here. And just to um, go over again that we are concentrating this morning on Jesus' affirmation that he is the way. Um, Just to get you thinking, our lives are full of choices. Uh, From the minute we wake up in the morning, we choose. You know, sometimes we even get to choose what time we wake up or whether to get up straight away. But certainly once we're awake, uh, what clothes we've got to wear, what we're going to have for breakfast, how are we going to get to school, are we going to walk, are we going to go on a bike, are we going to, to go in the car, and then when, who are we going to talk to when we get there. Life is full of choices, um, and that's a little bit of what we're going to explore, what choices that we can make, um, what choices do, does our Heavenly Father encourage us to make. Okay, we're continuing on our theme of the way. Um, We're going to have a quick slideshow presentation now. Um, There are things in this life that help us to go the right way. There are road signs pointing us in the right direction. Um, So let's have a look at these. This is obviously the theme of the service. One way, one way, which way? Now the next one, in a moment, my fantastic PowerPoint assistant, Norman, has been... We're quite happy for the children to be here, but they mustn't be left unattended. (laughs) Okay. And the next one, please. Um, We're pleased to see you've all arrived safely this morning. I hope no one's encountered any of that on the way. Next one, please. What a pointless sign that is. (laughs) Has health and safety gone mad? Why would you have a sign telling you that the sign has sharp edges? It doesn't seem to serve any other purpose at all. And the next one, please. Oh, yes, we're back to the theme of the service this morning. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, and the next one. I defy anyone to know which way they should go here. You have to just stand still. You can't do anything at this one. Yes. If it's going to be secret, don't put it on a road sign. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, many a holiday ruined by this, yes. Perhaps you have an exciting week ahead. You have to be on your roof to read that. Okay. Okay, now, now. yeah. Who knows, who can tell me what this sign means? Okay, thank you. Ah! Ah, He's not even been planted. You're quite right. Next one, please. Man putting up an umbrella with some difficulty. You all thought he meant roadworks. It doesn't mean that at all. Okay. What a warm welcome to the church in Lucknow, that is. Church Lane, no access to the church. No, not at all. Okay. Lovely. Could we now have our readings, please? I've pounced on uh, Naomi and Natalie last minute this morning, so I'm grateful to you two for coming. Do you want to come to this microphone here? Yeah, great. Our first reading is from John chapter 14, verses 1 to 7. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. 
In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Today's second reading is taken from Matthew chapter 7, starting from verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Oh, hello, darling. Hmm, hello, darling. Oh, I was just looking again at the information about our weekend away at Paradise Manor. Hmm, lovely, darling. Well, do you know, it says in here, uh, this family-run establishment cares for your every need. Each of the rooms is prepared individually by the owner's son before your stay. Mm, sounds lovely, darling. The sumptuous ha- house set in rolling, heavenly countryside with stunning views in every direction will arouse every one of your senses. Mm. From the rose-scented, crisp white linen made from the finest Egyptian cotton. Darling, it could be white company. It mm. could be a, a high thread count. Mm, you like that, don't you, darling? Oh. There are exquisitely scented fresh flowers in every room, plucked from the abundantly stocked garden. A choice of over 84 fragrance candles. Scented candles! Mm. Selected according to your mood and overall colour schemes. Paradise Manor is perfect in every way, from the tactile and ergonometry perfect angles in every room, designed to give you the sense of being totally merged and infused into the beautiful surroundings, to the simply packed... Paradisical. Do you think they mean paradise? I think so, darling. Uh, Paradisical aromas emanating from the kitchen in which our team of world-class chefs work tirelessly to ensure that you will never go hungry and be constantly surprised at every level with food of such quality as you've never tasted before. Sounds lovely, darling. I'm not sure you're listening. Anyway, no, no, right, okay, listen to this bit. Instantly upon your arrival, your luggage will be whisked away to your suite and unpacked by your, uh, for you by our highly skilled luggage team. Well, that's normally me. You do like unpacking, darling. Yeah, and I thought that's what you thought. Mm. <laughs> Who will run a bath of your pre-selected fragrance water to enable you to relax and unwind from your journey. After your bath, you will be escorted to your bespoke terrace and served any drink of your choice which you will enjoy with our selection of exotic individual niblets, plucked and flown in specially from every corner of the globe while looking over the stunning garden. Mmm. Sounds lovely, darling. Oh, it sounds like heaven. Lovely, darling. By the way, where is this place? We need to know how to get there and how long it's going to take for the journey. Well, it says here, you'll need a road map and directions are available by ringing this number. What do you mean you need directions available by ringing a number? I need proper coordinates, or at least a postcode for my sat-nav. I don't want to talk to anyone. No, darling. It specifically states that they don't give sat-nav coordinates, 
and that although they give you a postcode to the nearest town centre, that's just to give you an idea of approximately how far you'll have to travel, but not to rely on your own way of getting there and to ring for clear directions. Also, it does say the locals in the town are very friendly and will help you and encourage you along the way. What rubbish! Everywhere is capable of being found through my sat-nav. It's the top of the range model. It's the only way to get from A to B these days. We don't need any other help. We don't need phone calls, people or maps to get where we want to go. Rubbish. Oh, talking of maps, where is the road map? I hope you haven't thrown it out. No, darling, look, I've always found it so useful and it's really helped me find my way around. Rubbish, darling. Out of date, outmoded and completely archaic way to get around these days. Well, it's well, where, in the, it's in the it? paper recycling. Oh, no more dog-eared paper pages coming away from their spiral boundings. No more sort of stopping and having to ask hapless dog walkers in the pouring rain the way to go. No more going into shops or pubs and asking people the way. No. Ah, shudder at the memories. Life's just so much easier these days with just me and my sat-nav. Well, I've always liked perhaps as dog walkers and nice locals, but anyway, look, I'm sorry, darling, this way we really are, for this journey, we are really going to have to ring for directions. They say the route can be difficult, but their directions provide the only way to get there. They also say that you must have your road atlas open when you speak to them and as you travel. Well, I've never heard such nonsense in this day and age. The sat-nav can take you anywhere. I'm not ringing a telephone helpline, nor am I speaking to locals, friendly or otherwise, and I'm certainly not looking at any old-fashioned road atlases. Anyone with any sense doesn't rely on these things anymore. Not these days. I'm sorry. Well, look, it, it does say here it's more than a telephone helpline. Look, look, darling, please listen. I just want to find look, out... No, please listen. I'm going to read it from the brochure. Directions to your heavenly destination are available by telephoning the number provided, which is the direct dial telephone number of the owner of Paradise Manor himself. What? He will speak to you and tell you the way. Please do not rely on any other method of getting to the manor safely. There is only one way and one set of directions, and this is the only way to obtain them. I've had enough of this. I'll get the coordinates from their website, and I'll do it that way. There's no way that I'm disturbing the owner to ask for directions when I've got my own way of getting there, without his help. Now, what's the website address, darling? There isn't one. <laughs> and to save no you website? No, and to save you any embarrassment, I will ring the manor and obtain the directions from the owner directly, just as it says in the brochure. No, no website? Yeah, that's right, dear. No website. Now, hand me the phone. Okay. Right. Let's just pull together some of the things that we've had so far in the service. We started with the road signs. Um, they are there to help us. It didn't necessarily look like that, did it, on the um, overhead today, but they do try to point us in the right direction or perhaps warn us of problems ahead. Um, and then we went into our readings, and our readings very clearly didn't say, didn't they, that Jesus is the way. He's the way to God our Father. Um, and he tells us, actually, that this way is through a small gate and on a narrow path. 
not necessarily the easy route that we might prefer. However, if I can have the, the slide up now, he doesn't leave us at these two gates with this sign here, good luck figuring out which one. He walks every step of the way with us. Now, we had um, some clues in the uh, sketch that we've just seen, and I don't know if anyone spotted the clues um, as to the things that we're also left with. We have Jesus with us every step of the way, but we also have three other things that we're going to bring out today to help us. Did anyone spot those three other things that our lovely couple were encouraged to do uh, on their journey to Paradise Manor? Anyone spot anything? Yes. They had the road atlas. Absolutely, they had the road atlas. Uh, big clue. Now, what is the road atlas in our life, do you think? What is our... Oh, marvellous man over here. It certainly is the Bible. Well done. It is our Bible. It gets full of directions, full of encouragement, full of warnings, full of um, uh, encouragement and, and Jesus' words to us. Next thing. So, we had the road, they had the road atlas. What else were they encouraged to do um, before they set out? Yes. Talk to the owner. Yes, the direct dial uh, to the owner of the mansion himself. And that is, what's that, what's that thing that we have? We can talk to the owner. Prayer. We can pray. Um, our Father in heaven is always, always available. It's the direct dial. There's no um, waiting. There's no music in the background while we're put through it's a direct dial. He's there to listen and he's there to speak to us. And the final thing, perhaps was a little more subtle, but there, was, there is one other thing that helps us along the way. Has anyone got it? Don't rely on our own resources, absolutely. And there were, if um, there are friendly villagers, hapless dog walkers, people in pubs and shops there to help us. And they, of course, are our Christian brothers and sisters our friends at school, our friends at work who uh, walk the way with us and encourage us along the way. So, in order to break up the monotony of my voice, Caroline's going to read uh, from time to time from the Bible during this talk. So, Jesus claims to be the way to the Father. Not a way or one of many ways, but the way. How do we react to this claim? Is it a somewhat awkward claim that we'd rather skirt around? Is it politically incorrect? Um, it was in Jesus' time and I think it probably still is today. Is it arrogant and bigoted for us if we're Christians professing our faith to affirm this statement in front of others? Do we affirm this claim that Jesus made when we're talking to others about our faith? Most importantly, do we actually believe it to be the case? So, rather than seek to persuade any doubting, I thought it would be helpful if we consider whether it actually feature, features as particularly central to what we believe, and that might give a clue to the answer. If it's just an interesting thing that Jesus claimed 
but one which, on which nothing really turns, then I would suggest that it's not probably worth spending much time about. So if we read the Bible, we say, because it's God's word, and that it has much to say to us about him and his plans for us, the direction in life that we should take, and the way in which we profess our faith, then the Bible contains a number of helpful references uh, that has much to say about this claim, and others, and about Jesus' plans for us, the direction that we need to be taking in our lives, and in order to spend eternity with God. Just a few things. Jesus claimed to be God, and that cannot be denied. Jesus demonstrated his godly power on earth by performing miracles of all sorts of different kinds, even raising people from the dead. Those miracles were written about and witnessed by many. That Jesus never sinned is clear from the Gospels. And his self-declared mission to die was something he spoke about many times, particularly towards the end of his life on earth. That he rose from the dead is also clear from the Gospels and eyewitness testimony. And all of these things taken together demonstrate that Jesus' claims and the stories of Jesus from the Gospels, if true, mean that he is to be trusted as someone holding reliable information about how we might be rescued and saved. So rather than looking for evidence that this is one of, the, one of this and of many statements of Jesus' is true, I think it's helpful, I suggest, to see how our Christian life and faith might shape up if that statement's removed. It would mean we'd have to ignore all of the many references in the Bible of which Caroline's going to read a small sample. Acts 4, verses 11 and 12. Jesus is the stone you build as rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. John 1. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is his body, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So it follows that if we're going to dismiss one of these claims, we also need to throw out all seven of the claims that Jesus made in John's Gospel alone, some of which were repeated on more than one occasion. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. And the one we're looking at particularly today, I am the way, the truth and the life. The whole of John's Gospel is littered with references to life through Jesus. The concept of life appears 36 times, I haven't counted, but I've read that it appears 36 times in John's Gospel, and no more than 17 times in any other New Testament book. So what we discover from all of this is is, is that the claim that Jesus made on this occasion is not only important, but it's the whole basis of our faith. If we throw it out, we're not actually left with anything. 
which is why it's quite extraordinary when pollsters go out today and survey thousands of people, Christians, and start asking questions, some of the most extraordinary results arrive. So in 2008, a survey of 35 American Christian adults revealed America is a nation of believers, remains a nation of believers, but a new survey finds most Americans don't feel that their religion is the only way to eternal life, even if their faith tradition teaches otherwise. The findings in a survey of 35,000 can either be taken as a positive sign of growing religious tolerance or disturbing evidence that Americans dismiss or don't know fundamental teachings of their own faith. Among the more startling numbers in the survey, 57% of evangelical church attenders said that they believe that many religions can lead to eternal life in conflict with traditional evangelical teaching. In all, 70% of Americans with a religious affiliation shared that view and 68% said there's more than one way to interpret the teachings of their own religion. And so thinking about that, it resonates with Jesus' words in Matthew 7. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So what does this all mean for us today? Back to the road signs. If you take a T-junction, it's left, my left, or right. That's straightforward, but what about a more complicated staggered junction with all sorts of choices? The fact that the more I think about this, the more realistic it is to think of choices that face us in this world as resembling a complicated staggered junction with all sorts of choices, not just a left or a right, more of a half left, straight on, full left, full right, half right. doesn't matter how many choices there are. The most important thing, I suggest, is that we need to find the way that leads to the destination, the life destination and an eternal life with the only one Lord of heaven and earth. All life concentrates upon us at the crossroads. In every action of life, we are faced with a choice. We can never evade choice because we can't stand still. Also, we have to make only one choice, even if we're presented with two or ten or even a thousand. We can't go in one direction, in more than one direction at a time. So Jesus confronts us with a choice here. There's a broad, easy way. I suggest that this could actually be a number of ways all of which are easy to take and all of which are the wrong way. Jesus use, uses quite harsh words here. He says that they lead to ruin or destruction. Or there's a narrow and a harder way. Few take it, but the end is life. Life in and with Jesus. Look again at his claims. They all lead to the same destination, life and eternity with God. So the choice isn't forced upon us. It's nevertheless clearly laid out for us and all the various signposts that we've been talking about. If we've heard this message, it demands a response. So have you faced this choice yet? If so, are you heading with Jesus along the way to life? Or have you taken a way that is part of the broad way, one without Jesus that's not currently, that possibly is heading for ruin and not currently heading for life? If so, the good news today is that it's still not too late to take the way with Jesus.
There's always a signpost pointing to the way to Jesus along the way. However far down the broad way you think you may have travelled, there's an exit to the narrow way, always very, very close by. So if you're listening to this and you're ready to change direction, I'd encourage you to do so. If you're already on the way with Jesus, that's great. The message is hard though. It's narrow. It's not the way that the majority have chosen. You'll stand out a bit. You'll feel foolish. But Jesus is encouraging you today and he says to you today, remember the claims I've made about who I am. Jesus provides encouragement as we choose the way. More words from his word. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the words of Jesus to the Samaritan woman looking for answers as to who he was. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so if you are a Christian and you need encouragement, then finding yourself actually acting as a signpost to point the way to Jesus provides just that as well. Have you pointed the way to anyone recently? Have a look at 1 Peter 3. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And finally, I'd encourage you to take into your hearts today the message that Jesus is the way in the following ways which will help you through your life. There are many thousands more examples of these, but just a few. He's the way to keep on doing good and to hold your tongue from gossip. He's the way to stop swearing He's the way to resist temptation that comes at you again and again. He's the way to stand out from the crowd when you need to stand up for your friend who's being bullied. He's the way to forgiveness that you need to exercise to those who've hurt you or to finally give up that grudge you've held for years. He's the way to bring comfort and healing to your mind, body and spirit. He's the way to help you make wise choices with your money and your time. He's the way to dealing with the current unhappiness you may feel in your relationships, in your marriage, with your children, whatever that may be. He's the way to help you to be a great parent. He's the way to happiness at work after the awful week you've had. Most of all, Jesus, you are the way, the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through you. Amen.
So we're going to just close by having a time of prayer and I was going to suggest that we, if I read from several of the claims that Jesus made about himself, if we either quietly or out loud in a space of about 20, 30 seconds, I won't time it particularly accurately, if anyone wants to pray a prayer out loud for everyone to hear, that's fantastic. If you want to just pray in the quietness of your heart, then do so. And then I will conclude with a short final reading from the message, which will just um, deliver a message in a slightly different way, but along the same theme. So let's pray. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I am the Good Shepherd. I am the Resurrection and the Life. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth and the life. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, 
God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Amen.